Armstrong and Getty. The birthplace of talk radio. I hear all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. And so that's a very tricky one. That's a very delicate one. This is Ed McMahon. And now, he... Armstrong and Getty. Getty. Live from the Studio C. Hey, senior. It's Little Friday. We're deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty communications compound. And hey, everybody. We are all, and I mean all of us collectively, under the tutelage of our general manager. You know, I was going to go with uh, Bob Woodward, but let's go with Patrick Mahomes and your Super Bowl champion. Kansas City Chiefs kicking off the NFL season. Right, and in general, the National Football League, America's pastime. It's dead to me, too, like the NBA. Wow. The, Mac- the American pastime is dead to you. Yes. Until my favorite team wins the game. It's the biggest TV show in America. It um, was. You don't think it will be this year? I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's a TV show, Grandpa? <laughs> <laughs> On a Sunday night, uh, the biggest show in America, well, for the whole week, is uh, whatever game's on. I've never liked the Thursday night game. And I know the players don't like it. I just, I, I don't like the Thursday night game. Oh, nobody likes it. Nobody likes it. it. It has too much of an effect on, on the outcome. I mean, if you if you play on a Sunday, then you have a Thursday game, and the guys are all banged up and sore and stiff and all, you play worse. There, there have been studies on the Thursday games tend to be much more of a sloppy game. Sure. Expedition huh. of yeah, more turnovers, more penalties, stuff like that. I wow. kept thinking the players would come up with the you know the leverage at some point to just say no, we're not doing this, we're not playing on four days because eh, it just it doesn't feel right. But anyway, the season kicks off tonight with your uh, world champion, universe champion, really Kansas City Chiefs. So, um, <laughs> universe champion. Hey, you got a better football team from uh, another planet? Bring it in here. See what you can do. Fair enough. Probably not used to our gravity, so get used to it. <laughs> exactly. Really it's counting like, on home field advantage there. Yeah, can't uh, can't breathe our atmosphere. They die. <laughs> uh, another about nine hundred thousand people said, "Hey, I don't have a job. Can somebody help me?" Uh, uh, as the numbers just came out, and about nine hundred thousand people. So that's, that's getting better by the week, though. How about that? Nine hundred thousand. Still a pretty big number. Please, you could fit that many people in this room. Not that many. <laughs> <laughs> How long will that continue? <laughs> Oh, it's something. I mean, you know, oh. this is a slightly different situation that uh, that that salon in San Francisco where Nancy Pelosi got her hair cut with no mask on um, closed down, and she said she's getting all kinds of threats, and people were mad at her. But there's there's a lot of stuff. I know people personally. I know I know way more people. It's not even close. I know way more people that have shut down their businesses than got COVID. Isn't that something? Yes, I know three people. That had businesses. I mean, and it's a big deal to have a business, mm-hmm. to have your own business. Dominates your life. Yeah. yeah, I know three. And to get it started and get it going, and it's actually a going concern. I know three people that shut their businesses. I only personally know one person that's had COVID. Mm. That's that's pretty weird. That's odd. I mean, it, it speaks volumes. Yeah. I think. I wonder how common that is. I wonder now, too. You're you're very upper crusty. I mean, oh boy, you, you should come to my house when you're not you, at the polo grounds. <laughs> you're at hilarious. the yacht club. I should if I was upper crust. If I walked around with my cell phone and took a video of here's here's my living room. Here's uh, out back of my house. Yes. Uh, see if this if the the first phrase that comes to you is upper crust. Crust, yes. <laughs> upper, not so much. 
Oh, come on now. More of like the, the pizza stuffed crust sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jack moves from the polo grounds to the yacht club to the golf club. <laughs> this Here's a two years ago's Christmas tree. Here's a, here's this an is old, a current video? Here's Yes. Here's an old wagon that the, we used to pull the kids around in, I don't know, six, seven years ago, but the wheels broke off. Here's a... Yeah. Yeah. On today's episode of Hoarders. <laughs> uh, anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, how I know more people whose business oh, yes. who's had their business fail than I know people who've gotten COVID. I don't know anybody who's died. Um, you know, obviously we'll have to talk at some point a little bit about the Bob Woodward book that's come out. But I heard one right wing pundit say, to me, the scandal is that Trump didn't do more to slow down this runaway train of, hey, let's close down all the businesses. Mm-hmm. And that we just so easily, just everybody agreed right off the bat, yep, that's what we'll do. We'll close down every business in the country. Is that because that's the way China responded? I don't Locking know. Locking everybody in their apartments and shutting everything down. I don't know. It did It did require shockingly little conversation. Yes. Yes. Although the idea was we would do this for two weeks. Yeah, that's, that's the problem. And here we are six months in. Yeah. What do we do in February if the situation is roughly the same? Uh, you know, I've been asking that question for a while. I think somebody ought to step up and answer it. Uh, just, well, I, I think, honestly, I think it'll take care of itself. People will have had enough. And then just start opening? Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you, I'll tell roll you the dice. Put on a mask. Roll the dice. Let's live our, live our lives. I'll tell you the one that got my, my wife so mad yesterday. She said, I will, you show me where there was a march. I will actually go march for this. I will be in the street for this. Is when LA announced yesterday they're canceling Halloween. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there's two things I got a problem with here. One, it's a month and a half freaking away. Two, how do you cancel Halloween? It's people walking down the street saying hello to their neighbors. Right. How do you cancel that? How do you cancel kids walking over to their neighbor's house and knocking on the door? The person over there obviously is participating willingly by having their light on and having candy. You're participating willingly. How does the GD government cancel that? And as I heard one commentator point out, the kids are already wearing masks. Everybody's participating willingly. Right. And everybody and will be wearing a mask. Yeah. And you're going to announce, no, we're canceling Halloween six yeah. weeks before we even get there. Yeah. How the F is that even a thing? Yeah. And every media, I heard it reported in the media so many places, and everybody, nobody was yelling like me. Everybody was just completely accepting it. And Los Angeles has decided to cancel <laughs> Halloween in other news. <laughs> no, nobody's saying, wait a second, you're going to cancel kids walking to their neighbor's house and knocking on the door? Right. The government's going to say that's not allowed. They're going to forbid it. They're going to crack down, arrest children. Is there any mechanism to even do that? What does that even mean? <laughs> We've apprehended Spider-Man and uh, Fairy Princess and uh, what are you? I'm a and uh, a bug. A Bring really him in. big bug. Yeah. We, we've got seven Elsas from Frozen. <laughs> we got six Mandalorians here. I can't tell them apart. You know, occasionally you hear a story that a small town in Iowa has elected a cat mayor. Well, <laughs> L.A., in a uh, shocking turn, has actually elected a jackass as the mayor. Is there a mechanism for even doing that? Are you going to send the police? This will be greeted with such derision... And hate, it will not stand. I just have a sense of that sort of thing. Oh, that is just, that's so far across the line. It is, it is. It's it's horrific. And so my response to that, talking about my wife in the kitchen, I'm just reliving conversations we have in the kitchen. That's which, fine. If you look out the window, you can see the old Christmas trees and the broken wagons. Um, uh, I feel like I'm there. 
I said, I, I don't I don't get power. We discussed many times I've never had power. I don't lust for power. It's, it's supposed to be a common lust, and I don't feel like I lust for it. Mm. But it seems I to me... like lots and lots of power. It seems to me from observation that people who get it... I, I know I could be wrong. I could be projecting something that's unfair. But I feel like, like the Gavin Newsoms of the world and the Mayor Garcetti's of Los Angeles of the world, they get some sort of... They, they might not even admit this to themselves... They might not even admit this in their own, you know, private moments, but I think they get some sort of charge out of this. I think they get some sort of like, not sexual, but similar to sort of thing like satisfaction out of an endorphin rush, an endorphin rush or something that the rest of us don't understand out of saying I'm canceling Halloween and then hearing everybody talk about it. And they get some sort of like in their bones, good feeling about it. I feel like the powerful get some sort of jolt out of telling us what to do and seeing us do it. I, I, you know, that may be, it, it probably, that's probably a factor. I think it's more, and if you look at historians' lists of the great presidents, any president who said, I think the executive branch ought to have less power. I'm in favor of more liberty. I don't want to control things. They're always listed as weak presidents, terrible presidents. Right. I think, Jokes of presidents. Calvin Coolidge is a joke among historians. Right. He wanted less power. Idiot. I think a lot of the folks you've, you've cited, they, they come to believe they need to control what's happening. They need to always do something. To not do something is the embarrassment. When we are more than capable of doing for ourselves, it's the, the, the principle the country was founded on. We would like that very, very much, as a matter of fact. But they think that's unacceptable because it'll make them look bad. And it's never presented in a way that I, I think I, I don't hear people saying things like, you know, this is just it, bring, it brings tears to my eyes thinking about my kids trick or treating when, oh, when they were younger yeah. and, and how awful it would have been to have to tell them we're not going to trick or treat this year. But I've talked to the doctors and I just think the best thing for society. It's never like that. Nope. You're not trick or treating. Anybody caught trick or treating? Blah, 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 blah. And the newscasters report it. Well, the government said it has to happen, so it must be right. So, anyway, Halloween is canceled. Because I don't dare question whether it's good policy or not. Because I'm a freaking big-breasted sheep. <laughs> Except for the dudes. Their breasts are small. You're going to cancel people walking to their neighbor's house. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a heck of a place to we stop are. Stop the vid. In spite of everything we know. About children and the vid, children and mental health. That's, uh, we'll introduce everybody in the squad and get started. More on that later. Our text line, by the way, you got any response to that? 415-295-KFTC. There's Michelangelo pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? Good. I'm just picturing like LAPD working undercover, offering kids Skittles, and then as soon as they reach their hand in the bag, they grab their hand and put exactly. the cuffs on them. That really big Mandalorian over there, that's a cop. It's a full-grown cop. Operation Trick or Treat. <laughs> if you can entrap the kids into saying trick or treat, they need the cuffs! Go on! <laughs> There's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. NFL coming back tonight. One of the best playoff games in NBA history that I've ever seen. I don't know. I didn't I didn't watch a lot of the, the prime Celtics years in the, the Russell era. But double overtime, down to the last shot. It was Awesome between the Celtics and the Heat. Oh, really? And the uh, yeah, the the Heat were triumphant of Miami. And uh, oh, yeah, that was a that was it was a slobber knocker. A slobber knocker. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. How did it get to be Thursday, September 10th, the year 2020? We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Let's begin then, officially, according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. Very exciting. Uh, be the first game of the year. Uh, all this anticipation, um, but at the same time, it's just we're playing a football game, and I think uh, it's all the hard work that, I, that that me and Deshaun, and knowing how he works, have, have put in uh, to be in this situation, to go out there with our teammates and try to, to win a football game. And- so I hadn't thought about that. So you're going to have the NBA Finals in, like, week three of the NFL? Uh, Something like that? Yeah, give or take, maybe. Maybe yeah. week four. That's uh, that's that's something. We'll see how that so works natural. out. Unnatural. See how that works out <laughs> ratings wise. How does mailbag look among other things? Oh, it's nice. It's good. Uh, humor uh, and despair. <laughs> humor and despair. Yes. <laughs> the roller coaster of life is yes. what it is. Yes. All on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Celebrate good times. Come on. One of the founders of Cool and the Gang has passed, so we'll be doing a loving retrospective of the great band Cool and the Gang throughout the morning. Will we? Are there any other songs in this one? Uh, I'm sure there are. I played played this one for my kids the other day. They dug it. Boy, this is celebrate. Come on. Top of the list of songs I never want to hear again. Oh, come on. As long as I live. Here's somebody's birthday or an anniversary or whatever. <sighs> or your 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 uh, company, you know, you finish second in the Northwest region in sales this month. It's you, a theme party. Your theme is cliches. <laughs> Jungle Boogie, Ladies Night, get down on it. Probably oh, the ladies next, Night. Probably the next oh, three. What a best. night. Yeah, ladies Night was a good one. Yeah, Jungle Boogie's good, too. That's got a great groove. All right, well, play some cool in the gang. Why not? I there don't you care. Go. Celebrate good times. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Mailbag. Our freedom-loving quote of the day today, once again from Milton Friedman, it says, when everybody owns something, nobody owns it, and nobody has a direct interest in maintaining or improving its condition. That is why buildings in the Soviet Union, like public housing in the United States, looks decrepit within a year or two of their construction. Huh, good one. I had a small this- example of that. A friend of mine lives in a, an apartment, and one of the floors is kind of made a deal with a, a company that this company hires kind of temp workers, and they house them here while they work here. So these employees aren't necessarily paying rent at this place, and they just treat it like it's a single-use disposable really? thing. Wow. Yes. Like they just yeah. leave stuff all over the pool area. They never pick up after well, all the residents. They, yeah. they maintain I, th- I think that is a universal truth of humanity, and and that's you know the, the great blind spot of, of socialism, and communism is they overlook all of human nature, which does not change. Let's see, Aloha, Joe. I'm no whale, but I'm sure friends of Armstrong and Getty could do some serious uh, good for Warrior Foundation Freedom Station if you were to gain twenty pounds in twenty days. There you go. Uh, as a fundraising <laughs> uh, a gimmick, I am not gaining weight. To raise money. We discussed it threatens that. my health, ma'am. We discussed that on the podcast yesterday, so if you want to hear an in-depth conversation of that. That would be the One More Thing podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. There's a party going on right here. Oh, boy. I wish you'd stop. I've been listening to you both for about 20 years, writes <clears throat> Aileen Anonymous. You're both amazing men. Well, wonder why this email got read. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> you want to know the truth? Huh. 
we're both more pleasant and less amazing in real life. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's just... I, those of you who think that we're, pardon the expression, dicks, not really. Anytime anybody who's known me has ever said, you're amazing, it's been in a different tone about a different sort of activity. Yeah, like I saved the life of a child once. I mean, that was pretty much it. <laughs> no, no, I get a lot of yeah. But you're amazing. Oh, How many oh, times do I have to tell oh, you? Oh, I see. Yes, I see your point. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Anyway, uh, listening to you both has given us, uh, given me so much joy, and uh, she goes on to say some really lovely things, but then I've been listening to you guys talk about deaths of despair during this whole meth mess. Mm-hmm. I understood the concept. Uh, I've had personal stuff my whole life I've tried to manage. I've done okay with it. I've tried to steal my mind, but oh my God, I'm about to break. For people like me that were hanging on by a thread before, the wheels are about to come off, and it's not financial. Uh, we need people. We need God. We need family. We need friends. We need the power to not go effing off. Guess I just need to vent a bit. That is so true. And your your jackass mayors of, of Los Angeles or governors or Joe Biden. We're gonna listen to the scientists. What what about the psychologists? What about the child side? What about the uh, the economists? What about the, uh, the 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 kid doctors? It's 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 terrible. Anyway, that's a very There's serious. Children note. doctors now, like well, Doogie Howser no, style. You know, you know what I mean? Pediatricians. Pediatricians. Yeah, I had the word epidemiologist stuck in my head, and I couldn't get it out. Get out. Uh, we got an answer for the whole Halloween thing, among other things, on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't want to talk about the Trump perversity of the day, but I suppose we will for uh, a minute or two. But uh, we got a fair number of texts about L.A. Uh, County canceling Hansel can- canceling Halloween. Mm. You know why we got a bunch of texts about that and zero about the Bob Woodward book? Because people's real lives are way different than what cable news thinks. What? <laughs> That's one of the reasons. Beltway gossip isn't your only concern. Uh, but this is a pretty good one. So, yeah, L.A. County actually uh, said they're canceling Halloween. I don't know how you cancel walking to your neighbor's house and saying hello. Uh, I don't know how I don't know how that works exactly. How do you know I always don't dress like Batman? <laughs> uh, LAPD's got to get a little stick work in. <clears throat> you see kids uh, walking down the street in a uh, Spider-Man costume? Cuff them. Bring them down. I can't. I can't even really indulge this conversation. It makes me so sad and angry. Sangry. Gil Garcetti's got a. You got a. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, eminent domain on the convention center. Turn it into a giant prison where you can stick kids. Um. But uh, we got this text. How about if you claimed it was a social justice uh, march? We're marching for uh, you know racial tolerance and uh, more fair practices at work. Yeah. And so if you did and that tiny candy bars. If you did that, you could actually smash out the windows of your neighbor's home and nobody's gonna do anything. You oh, could yeah. not only trick or treat, yeah. You could just you could burn down their house and nobody's going to arrest or, or you. Or go downtown and steal everything you want. So that's what you this do. This is for social justice. Yes. I know. I'm not uh, a princess. I'm a social justice warrior. Oh, you can dress as a social justice warrior. You just can't dress as the Mandalorian. 
You know, that remind, reminds me, the Trump campaign the other day had a, uh, a rally that uh, rallies are not permitted in whatever county or jurisdiction they were having it. So they said, okay, it's a protest. And they're allowed to have it. That's how screwed up we are right now. Yeah, call it, I'm protesting my lack of candy. Eric, you Dumas. That would be Eric Garcetti, the mayor of Los Angeles. Um, <clears throat> you're going to have to start this. I can't make my mouth work. It was yesterday, Jack, as I was watching the breathless coverage of the new Bob Woodward book. and He's a fine and rigorous journalist. <clears throat> How many people in their real lives are into this sort of thing? Two. <laughs> <laughs> Two nationwide. Um, I was, uh, I, I hit peak, and this doesn't happen to me that much because I often enjoy the sport of, of politics. Sometimes. Sure. If I'm in the right mood. But I hit absolute peak exhaustion. And if I had spoken, I would have said, all right, I got an idea. Why don't we all get together and vote on whether he ought to keep the job? <laughs> Trump. I think that a lot. Why don't too. we do it uh, in October? No, that'd be that's too quick to get it together. I got an idea. Why not the first week in November we all get together and we vote? And the endless reporting <laughs> on letting you know who the president is, even though you already know, right? And you've either accepted it and said, "Man, you know," turns out he's a jerk, and sometimes he exaggerates. <laughs> yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and listen, <clears throat> the Woodward book actually has some interesting stuff in it. If you, they always do. If you first are, draft of history, he calls them. Well, yeah. If you're interested, that's in a little pretentious. Presidential. Uh, well, if you were Bob Woodward, you'd be a little pretentious too. That's fair. <laughs> um, but it's it's if you're interested in presidential power and and that sort of thing, it's always worth looking at reading these books. That's why nobody reads these books. <laughs> Most people actually aren't interested in that. They just want some sort of salacious gossip or something that will eat, damage somebody. They're not interested. What the books are, if you read them, it's just kind of laying out what it was like to be president during the last couple of years. Right. Right. Well, to the extent that anybody cares at all, that's inside the Beltway. And they want the salacious stuff like you were describing. Real Americans, they want a good-paying job. They want to not die of the vid. They want their kids to be able to go to school. And that's about it. They don't give a damn whether the president said something mean about Adam Schiff. And how you could say anything about Adam Schiff and not have it be mean is beyond me. But... (laughs) Having said that, I mean, the big revelation, uh, the uh, the president admitted to downplaying the coronavirus. Well, let's, because let's, he's... let's play the clip. So okay. uh, Woodward, right. Woodward mm-hmm. did, what, 18 interviews with Trump? Hours and hours and yes. hours of tape. So this is not like, you know, snuck around, aha, I found out. No, Trump told him this stuff. The most transparent president <laughs> in American history. And Trump told him this stuff, and then yesterday when I asked about it, said, yeah, I said that, and I still agree with it, and here's why. But anyway, here's a little Trump. I don't want people to be frightened. I don't want to create panic, as you say. And uh, certainly I'm not going to uh, drive uh, this country or the world into a frenzy. We want to show confidence. We want to show strength. So at the time... He was underestimating the virus. He was on TV every day saying, listen, I don't want to cause panic, so I'm not going to play it up. I mean, we know. We know. Everybody knows 
Well, you know, most cable news is a an arm of the Biden campaign at this point, and proudly so. And and they're just trying to reach, I don't know, undecided voters or unmotivated voters or something like that. But um, uh, so so the headline from the Trump hating media mm-hmm. would be he knew it was super dangerous and he downplayed it to people. And then he's saying, yeah, I didn't want people to panic. You know, I'm a cheerleader for the country. And you either think that's awful or you're not. And, you know, I don't want to discuss it with you. I got um, an idea. <laughs> Let's get together and vote. Um. Uh, also, also, it's it's worth pointing out that, that at the time that a lot of these uh, interviews were done, I mean, uh, Fox, of course, um, they showed Nancy Pelosi, uh, de Blasio, uh, Biden, uh, various other politicians who were also taking a pretty positive attitude toward it at that time. Right. Biden was yeah. still having events uh, unmasked, people standing close together. Nancy Pelosi was saying, go to the dang parade, you know, that. Come on stuff. down to Chinatown. Anyway, I actually I thought that one of the most interesting things is his national security advisor in was it January? It was certainly February, but maybe January. And I didn't take this seriously until geez, well into April, because I remember when they canceled my son's school at the end of March, they canceled school for April. Everybody at the school, we were all out at the playground after they canceled school saying, wow, isn't this crazy? And everybody's standing in the air together and the kids are running around playing on the playground and there wasn't a mask to be seen and we're all mm-hmm. standing shoulder to shoulder. And nobody was worried about it at all. And that was almost April mm-hmm. um, at that point. These interviews with the president are in February. But uh, so his national security advisor said this is going to be the biggest threat so uh, national security threat to your presidency. Mm-hmm. I personally, if I had heard that, like if Trump had come out and said that, I would have thought, that's a way overreaction. <laughs> that's the way I would have reacted. Yeah. I mean, if, 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 if I wasn't into it until April, in January, February, when I think at the time that he was told that we had no deaths in five cases, I would have thought, you're going a little far here, dude. Yes. Yeah, I would agree. I'm just, I'm thinking back to, back to that time, um... And I just, you know, it's a bit of a tangent, but I'm reminded that the media especially wants to make a, a king or a god out of the president because everybody understands who the president is and, and more or less what the job is. And uh, the reason I bring that up is uh, what the president said had a minor bearing at most of my perception of what was going on. Oh, no. No, maybe it's because I read a lot. I read more than normal people. I do it for a living. Um, but the idea that they're pitching that the entire country and all its people are are slaves to the verbiage of the president, it's just that doesn't square with real life. Well, it doesn't with me anyway. That's not where I was getting my information. No, I, I'm trying to be I'm trying to be reasonable about this because, you know, the president does have a, a huge bully pulpit and what he says is significant. I'm not trying to say it, it, it isn't, but even Trump lovers I talked. I talked to a guy uh, at the San Diego boat rally, who may be the most dyed-in-the-wool Trump honk I have ever crossed paths with, and he was even willing to concede with a wink. Yeah, you know, because sometimes the president is a little hyperbolic or whatever. So, who are these people who are living and dying on the president's word anyway? I don't know. Uh, um, uh, can we, we, we probably spent more time than is due on this. Do we play a little of Doctor Fauci because he's responding yeah, to this? Sure. I didn't get any sense that he was distorting anything. I mean, in my discussions with him, they were always straightforward about the the concerns that we had. And Fauci also said, I was never muzzled. Nobody ever told me not to say anything. Obviously, anyone who knows me and you do, that Mm -hmm. I would never be muzzled about anything when it comes to science and evidence and the facts. So I, I would say this as a guy who has actually read 
most of these Bob Woodward books. Like the book he wrote during uh, Obama's presidency about the attempt to get the grand bargain going to deal with entitlement reform mm-hmm. is is a really interesting book about politics, but it doesn't have any bombshells in it. Did it he say anything mean about Biden? Anyway, uh, the whole thing makes me mad. I would say this. If uh, Bob Woodward's going to be on 60 Minutes Sunday night, it's the season premiere of 60 Minutes, the most important news show in America. Um, uh, Bob Woodward books usually lead with the most exciting thing they have. If this is the most exciting thing they have for his book, Oof. Um, that doesn't mean the book's not worth reading. He's He doesn't write these books to, like, bring people down. That's the way they're treated by cable news hosts. But he doesn't write these books to bring people down or yeah. prop them up. He just tries to report on, you know, a couple of years of time of each presidency. You know, it reminds me of a band that has a hit single that's completely atypical of their music. Yeah, yeah. And you buy the album and you realize, wait a minute. That's like a beautiful love ballad. They're a heavy metal band. Yeah. Wait a minute. That's, that's a pretty what good the Woodward books are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're interesting if you're into politics and the presidency, but they're not. They're not like. Um. They're not designed to to have bombshells really. And if this is the biggest thing they got out there, then and the New York Times, who obviously couldn't hate Trump more, their review of Bob Woodward's book was snooze, snooze. That it was a snoozer. So oh boy, there you go. In terms of this being an October surprise or something, I'll bet it's interesting. I'll bet it's an interesting glimpse inside the Trump presidency sure. in a lot of different ways. Oh yeah, he I... does end the book, Bob Woodward, by saying he doesn't think Trump is fit to be president and up to the job. That's his opinion. Some people believe that. Some don't. I suggest we get together <laughs> and have a vote. Keep saying that. <sighs> <sighs> anyway, so that's that's for more or less the total of that. What do you think of a single six-year term for president? That idea gets my mom, floated my, my mom has been saying that since I was a little kid. Really? Yeah. She's in favor of that, huh? Yeah. Well, if your mom's for it, I'm for it. What would be the downside? Uh, six years is a long time if the country doesn't like the person? Yeah. Yeah. Of course, four years is a long time. Yeah, I just uh, there would be no pressure to run for re-election is the idea, and so yeah. they would they would actually govern their best try to leave behind a great legacy, and then uh, head off into history mm-hmm. at the end. You wouldn't have this insanity well, involving the president It's similar every four years. to Ben Sass writing in the Wall Street Journal yesterday. He thinks senators should have one 12-year term because every politician's just trying to get it reelected, so they never get to doing the hard stuff or unpopular stuff. Right. Even though Senate terms are six years? Ugh. Well, well, you're right though. If you if you can't get elected again, but there are constitutional issues with that, it'd have to be a an amendment. But anyway, failed to solve that one too. Um, <laughs> England has banned gatherings of more than six people, even while they're letting kids go back to school. Uh, that might be the reasonable way to handle it. You got any comment on banning Halloween? I hope this doesn't catch on nationwide. And it's just an LA County. thing. I think city halls will burn. Oh. Like my wife, my wife said she would actually march in the street over this one. Yes, yeah, I, I would too. Yes. Uh, text line four one five two nine five KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This week, Grey's Anatomy will begin filming its 17th season. Yeah, 
The big change is that now Grey's Anatomy is named after the cast's hair color. Conan's really on a roll now, singing targets left and right. Going after Hollywood, he's fighting the good fight. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Conan's really on a roll now. So in lieu of a laugh track... Yesterday, Conan had some like weird 80s jingle singer kind yes. of uh, accentuate all of his jokes. And do we have any more? Yes, but the, there's a visual that goes along with this. So <laughs> immediately funny. as he says the punchline of the joke, he puts on sunglasses, turned to the right, and somebody's like blowing a hair dryer in his face, and his wild mane is just going all over. So, yeah. Okay. so yeah, here's the, here's another. It's come out that Melania Trump used her own private email to conduct official business. Isn't that shocking? Melania Trump has official business. Set a punch means devastation. Conan set the world on fire. Human pathos and insight. There's no art form higher. <laughs> There's no art form higher? <laughs> Human pathos and insight. <laughs> wow. I have a third one. You guys want the, the last? Uh, Might as well do it. Huh? Uh, right. In a recent speech, the Pope urged people to live a simpler, more austere life. Yeah. Then he took off his diamond-studded hat, went back into his palace. Conan joked about the Pope. I don't know if that's okay. But I'll sing most anything as long as they pay. <laughs> it was the hardest I've laughed at a monologue probably in five years. <laughs> that, that is funny. That is so Conan. It's, it's vintage Conan of just the silly, oh yeah. absurd. Oh, yeah. I loved it. You can yeah. see him as the writer of The Simpsons in that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's We were beautiful. watching an old episode the other day with my kids of The Simpsons, and it had at the end, written by Conan O'Brien. I thought, that is so Conan, what we just I watched. I ought to seek out the episodes he's written. Those lists are online. Uh, most the... notable one, the monorail episode. Oh, yeah. One yeah. of my all-time favorites, sure. What is it? Quiet, Mom. The mob has spoken. <laughs> Next hour, a high school actually giving... Well, lots of high schools are around the country. A lot of schools are teaching anti-racism, which is a freaking farce. Yes. And horse S. And um, racist. Uh, the questions from an actual test giving students in a high school about anti-racism, you, it will blow your mind. Surprisingly, what I am about to tell you comes from the utterly corrupt New York Times. <clears throat> and I say surprising because, and I heard this put with beautiful simplicity just this morning. Well, because Trump's in favor of it, all the usual suspects feel like they have to be against it. It was something perfectly innocuous. Um and that's often the case, but, you know, the the, the storyline today, the Woodward book, Trump trying to downplay the coronavirus, blah, blah, blah. The headline in the New York Times is, your coronavirus test is positive. Maybe it shouldn't be. The usual diagnostic tests may simply be too sensitive and too slow to contain the spread of the virus. Some of the nation's leading public health experts are raising a new concern. The standard tests are diagnosing huge numbers of people who may be carrying relatively insignificant amounts of the virus. Most of these people are not likely to be contagious, and identifying them may contribute to bottlenecks that prevent those who are contagious from being found in time. But researchers say the solution is not to test less or skip testing people without symptoms. Uh, Instead, new data underscores the need for widespread use of rapid tests, even if they are less sensitive. It was also pointed out to us by a scientist, a uh, listener of ours, and I I don't really understand this. All I can do is parrot the points that he made. That's you actually this article gets into it a little bit, but you 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 cycle the tests. You 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 test you check them. I don't even know how it works, but most tests set the limit at 40 cycles 
to decide whether the patient is infected. A few at 37. This means blah, blah, blah. But they're saying that just finds little tiny pieces of dead virus that maybe you had it, you got over it, or you aren't really infected bad enough to get it. You came in contact with it, but you don't have it. And so it's a misdiagnosing people by the many tens of thousands. So, And obviously, if you get a positive test and you got to stay home for however many weeks from work or isolate from your family or whatever, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. If it's not needed. Here's a virologist at the University of California, Riverside. Um, uh, any test with a cycle threshold above 35 is too sensitive. I'm shocked that people would think 40 could represent a positive. So, and where did you, this was the New York New Times? New York Times, said? yeah. So this yeah. is the New York Times with an article saying, in effect, that the high number of cases that we keep hearing might be overstated. Right. Okay. Oh, yeah. It, it almost surely is. Although... They would probably point out, why would I depend on them? I'll point it out. There are many, many cases that are undiagnosed because they're either mildly symptomatic or asymptomatic. Um, So, no, we we don't have the slightest idea how many cases there are. The rolling 14-day average of deaths, which you can count pretty well, is down down 25%. Wow. The rolling average is it's going backwards 25%, which is definitely good news. Yeah, here, here. Anti-racism being taught in the schools is not good news. Stay tuned for that. Armstrong and Getty.